0: you're listening to relics of or the podcast about guild wars guild wars 2 and the guild wars community on the whole please do not stop the podcast at any time this is for the benefit of your sexiness factor thank you and good luck Yes everybody, welcome back to the Relics of War podcast. This is episode, oh, uh, 44? Double that what we're on? D- d- don't ask me. Oh, balls. Well, you know what? We're on the next <laughs> episode, the one that comes in sequence after the number that was on the last one. So, yeah, uh, we're gonna be talking about underwater combat here today, okay? Underwater combat. Actually, we should be talking about more like underwater environmental, I- environment systems. I'm just dressing up everything right now. Might as well <laughs> go into some freaking Stephen Fry over here. On sure today, Let's, actually, can you be Hugh Laurie for me? That would be just preposterous. All right, so, anyway, well, this is a huge tangent. I've had a lot of coffee, and I was doing that juice fast, so coffee hits me extremely hard right now. Are you still doing that? Kind of. I um, Okay, so I have no business losing 10 pounds, but yep. I did on it. Okay. And I didn't even, it wasn't even a fast. I was actually eating about the same as before. There's something about drinking vegetable juice and all that that apparently made my thyroid go into hyperdrive. So, I, I'm still drinking the stuff because obviously it's good for you. Yep. And I've come to where I actually crave it really bad, but it's not uh, it's not all that I have by any means. So, yeah, <laughs> I highly encourage anybody out there to get yourself a juicer and start doing that. It's good for your health. But if you're extremely skinny like me, you don't do the fasting part of it because <laughs> that's, that's no good. <laughs> and now all our listeners are going,
1: quit with the exposition. We've got yeah. massive news to get to.
0: <laughs> I already saw that documentary. So, um yeah, uh, underwater environments. Now, in most MMOs, you would probably imagine that there's no reason to have an episode about it. All you do is you go underwater and you cast, you know, everything. everything's the same. Otherwise, you just have a Z-axis. Well, Guild Wars 2 is not exactly like that. Um, before, we, before we jump into that, the Guild Wars 2 has a couple other things. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the Guild Wars 2 community has a couple things we just want to talk about real quick. Since we're not the people that run down the news for you in great detail, we're just going to give you what's going on out there, and you can go check out everyone else that does a podcast like Guildcast, Guild Wars Insider, and uh, that The Lonely Asura, is that what it is? Yep, that's and another one. There's some more, and we'll we'll get into all that sometime later, but you can go check them out for that stuff. Um, But there was a Mesmer reveal, finally. That's the last profession. We know it's there. It's like, hey guys, there's a Mesmer. Yeah, that's great. Yep, we knew that. We <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well... <Whoa. laughs> Fabulous, guys. Cheers, Worst problem. kept secret ever. But if what they have right now so far to inform you of the Mesmer, they have videos and stuff. Pretty enticing stuff, which I, I didn't expect any less. If you like Portal, dude, <laughs> just say. <saying. laughs> yeah, that um,
1: last skill really tickled my fancy.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm sure Nox is extremely jazzed about that. <laughs> Um, we're, we'll talk more about that. We're going to have a profession recap episode soon, but we kind of want to make sure that everything about the Mesmer has been made available to us before we do that.
1: Yeah. Because I mean, they did release the, uh, on the professions page, you know, the standard information that they release with all the other professions, but, uh, there's not really, there's just the basics. And it seems like with the Mesmer, especially
0: you want to know more to really sink your teeth into it. Mm Mm-hmm. It was funny, the day that they posted that, the first thing that was on the webpage when I show up is the minstrel. Like they were trying to fool us. Even though the mesmer was on the page, on the very front page, they had this like new profession the minstrel and this guy going na na no no na 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 no nah, nah. <laughs> Yeah. I was just like, what? Are you guys really trying this again? But then I looked and there was Mesmer under the list. I was like, okay. Did
1: you notice, I think if you moused over it, I think it's gone now, sadly, but if you moused over or clicked on the minstrel, it would shatter in a um, in a mesmeric
0: fashion and then the mesmer would oh, pop up. I didn't try that. Yeah. I was too unpaced. Dang it. <laughs> so I that missed was, out on that that half the funny. joke. Sorry, ArenaNet. I totally downplayed that one. And the other piece of news was, and this is kind of like, it's really a non-event, but people are playing it up to a big event, so I'm just going to put it out there, I guess. I don't know if you guys out there are Redditors. Do you use Reddit? No, I I don't
1: really know what Reddit's all about. I've started occasionally, like someone will put a link up and I'll hop on and read it. But
0: what yeah. Reddit is pretty much is it's a place where you can create a link to an article. You can ask a question or say something. Or you can link to an image, and then you just submit that, and then people either upvote it or downvote it. And then the comments themselves are upvoted and downvoted. So first you get to see the most democratically chosen news on the internet. And then you get to see the most democratically chosen takes and perspectives of it as you read the comments. It's a really cool site. So John Peters pops onto Reddit, and he says, I'm a Guild Wars 2 developer, and it's called an AMMA. IAMA or something like that. And so they can ask him whatever questions they want. And the questions with answers that were most upvoted rise to the top. Somewhere in there, uh, John Peters basically said, uh, For the sake of clarity, we've talked about closed beta, and by that we mean that there is no public information about how to get in. Hey, wait, no, have I? Oh, I jumped to what Stefan said about it. Sorry. John Peters said, We will officially enter closed beta testing this Friday, which was the 16th of December. It will, uh, 2011, for those that hear this, like two years in the future, <laughs> it will be marked with an increase in our pool of testers. To clarify, this phase of testing is still under the non-disclosure agreement and is not open to the public. Based on the feedback we get from our current closed beta testing, we will determine the next phase of our beta program in which we will open beta access to more people. Stefan then later clarified, for the sake of clarity, we've talked about closed beta and by that we mean that there is no public information about how to get in. Understand that, people. As we're selecting the candidates carefully, we will not reveal any more information apart from what we just said. Edit. To be even clearer, apparently people are very obtuse. There won't be any webpage for getting into the closed beta, and we won't reveal how we're selecting candidates. And by that he means, eventually Ryan will get in, all the rest of you shut your faces. <laughs> I, I mean, I assume. <laughs> yeah.
1: So basically all year they've, been, they've had in their FAQ on the website, there will be closed beta testing by the end of the year. And come December 16th, they said, yes, there is closed beta testing.
0: Exactly. and but we're not telling you who what or how but wh- there's one thing that this does say and this this is that it may be the case that Guild Wars 2 could be out by spring of 2012 that's yeah. my take I I'm, um, I'm not talking to anybody I'm pretty sure arena net avoids me like a, like a blight a blight <laughs> upon that personage but nonetheless I mean that's that's my take on it is we may actually have a spring release hopefully because after watching this underwater combat stuff I kind of got the Jones in half oh that's the coffee hi never
1: mind <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess best case scenario, we could be looking for a release at the anniversary of Guild Wars, in my mind.
0: Well, what we're gonna do for this expansion is, uh, we're gonna take all the existing models and reskin them. Ah, for crying outside, someone get us a new MMO, or I'll stab my ear with this pencil! All right, so for sequel scuttlebutt, obviously we all know what we're talking about: underwater environments and combat. And the first thing on the agenda is the blog post by Jonathan Sharp. He was exceptionally witty in this in this article, using yeah. phrases like "automagically" and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and it's a very informative one. It it runs down on some of the the specifics under of the underwater environment. But um, there's a follow up video which John Peters narrates, that gives you all that and more. And this was where I was just, like, awestruck. I was watching it this morning.
1: Mm. Yeah, if, that's a really good way to uh, to get into the idea of what under, underwater combat is going to be like in Guild Wars 2. Uh,
0: that video just shows you everything you need to know, basically. What I The main thing you gather out of it is, look, uh, in earlier episodes we talked about how in Guild Wars 2... They, they kind of talked up when I under, the underwater world is going to be like, and hey, you know, half the game is underwater guys. And we were like, wow, well, I really hope they, they give this, do this some justice. Well, they, they freaking did. <laughs> and uh, this is not me being a fanboy. When you guys play this, I freaking guarantee you're going to be like, wow, they actually, yeah. th- I mean, this is half the game. This is like the other half of what this game is about. I mean, this, they did way better at this than like Ion did with, um, flight and aerial mechanics. Yeah. Th- so- they've spent a
1: good, amazing amount of time on this, making this look good, work
0: good, and play well based based on the video. So we have these key features here listed out in our notes, and let's do it like this, Christian. We'll start with you, and you'll take on the first one, then I'll do the next one, and so on.
1: Sure thing. So the first thing that they always bring up with underwater combat in Guild Wars 2 is that there is no breath meter. And obviously one of the big things about underwater combat and other MMOs and other games is that you've always got this breath meter hanging over your head which makes you on edge and frustrated that you can't do what you want to do because you always need to swim back up to the surface so that's gone and everyone when they start gets a
0: breathe a breathing mask which
1: mm-hmm, allows them to breathe
0: underwater and in fairness to world of warcraft since cataclysm they they don't have one either well they they do but you you get this skill that takes that away and makes you faster at swimming as well because they wanted to integrate more underwater ness to that game. Okay. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm um, to spend some time with other podcasters and stuff like that. I am su- resubbed to WoW, <laughs> and so I do play once in a while. So I've actually seen like Bashir and all that. Eh. You know, a- after seeing this, it's like, well, good job Blizzard. I understand this is best you can do, but um. For the breath meter, there also kind of is one, but it's not, it, it's the downstate, and we'll talk more about that. Otherwise, though, as uh, Jonathan Sharp put it in his article, we at Net aren't fans of breathing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth, though. I mean, there's nothing fun about that. Why, when you go underwater, it is such an opportunity for fun. You know, to, there's yeah. a reason people scuba dive, for God's sakes, and it's not because they like to go down there and worry about how much time they have left on their tank. <laughs> Actually, I have to do that a lot. I'm a very heavy – I use up my air faster than other people underwater, but I guess that's unimportant. You're just such a hyperactive guy. That's what it is, exactly. They're (laughs) like, well, Ryan, stop drinking coffee when you go down there for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so um right the breath meter then is gone. So the next thing is underwater weapons and you got to remember in Guild Wars 2 your weapon is pretty much pivotal to your skill bar and your entire playstyle. So when you go underwater, you gain either a trident, a spear or a harpoon gun and these things and um those are the only three across all the professions but each one's have certain ones available to them. Um the 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 spear is available to a lot of them. Yeah. Anyway, when you go underwater, you immediately end up with uh, one of those weapons and you can choose which of the others. And the other cool thing about that is, oh, that's, that's the next. Okay. We'll talk about that in a second. So the other thing about weapons, then you have to understand is so half your bar changes because of which weapon you chose. You can change it on the fly. The, uh, the spear you actually chuck at people. And it looks to me like, and Chaz is going to be really sad about this. <laughs> when you chuck the spear, it automatically uh-huh. appears back in your hand again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in was uh, with the paragon. Yeah. So there you go. you have the uh, ricochet spear happening um cool i didn't I didn't see anything with the harpoon gun at all yet.
1: um I'm trying to think the, I know there were other vid- videos from conventions and stuff with underwater combat
0: yeah I probably just didn't so see.
1: I may have seen some there yeah but so then the weapons um obviously mean that you have different skills underwater, but also uh you your utility skills not all of them will work underwater either, so, or some might have um, underwater equivalents. So you, your bar switches up a little bit more uh, than you may expect from just the weapons. And then, you know, you've got different skills, and the skills are all designed to uh, reflect the fact that you're underwater, so they're not just the same as above water. Like, I'm pretty sure they, they keep saying, or everyone, a lot of people keep saying it would be silly for an elementalist to cast a fireball underwater. So instead, um, I don't know, I think maybe they the water boils or stuff
0: like that. Or well, they cast magma. <laughs> but the other thing I liked about this fact is, so if you're above water and you change the skills on on your basic skill set on the right side, and then you go underwater, and then you want to change a skill down there, when you come back out of the water, your skills return back to what they last were on land. And if you go underwater, your skills go back to what they last were underwater. They change, those two bars change independently of each other. So there's no worrying about, am I going to screw myself up when I go back underwater by changing this now? Yeah. I really like that stuff. A lot like with PvP. Change your skills in PvP. It remembers that, but yeah, so. Yeah. Um, The other, another thing was the Z-axis, obviously. Being underwater gives you the Z-axis and all the mechanics that go along with that. Skills that work with it. So I believe you can, like, dodge downward and upward. Things of yep. that nature. That's uh... this one. Re-
1: yeah, I guess so, um, because the dodge, uh, it seems the dodge is just whichever direction you're moving in, you'll dodge that way, so if you were to move
0: diagonally upwards, I presume you'd dodge diagonally upwards. When I was watching that video at first, this is what I do every time I watch a Guild Wars 2 video, <laughs> they're like moving all over the place, I'm like, dude, why the hell are you, I mean, I'm yeah. kind of a rabbit in WoW in PvP and stuff, I'll be jumping around and trying to mess with the melees by like, oh, I'm in front of you, no I'm not, but <laughs> in this game, it's... It's part of the core mechanics of it. and It's easy to forget that when you play other MMOs. So, if this fish is going for a bite and you move to the right, it doesn't matter that when it invoked that skill that it was going to land it on you, you moved. So, like yep. in real life, he's going to miss. And that's yep. so sweet. Cause, so, you're watching this video and you're like, God, this guy's all over. But that's how it works. It's like an FPS in that way. I love that. Yeah. But it's kite, not kite. tight. It's, it's kind of not good for the whole video filming process. <laughs> People are like, oh, I'm getting sick. <laughs> And there was also the drown state, as we talked about before, and this is different from being in the down state on land, because in the drown state, you can either kill something to get back up or get your health, you can be res by an ally, I'm sorry, uh, brought back to life by an ally, or brought out of the drown state by an ally. R- rallied? At last. <laughs> yeah, rallied, that's what it was. Yeah. Or you can get to the surface. So that means you can move while in the drowned state, unlike when you're on land. So basically, if you're going to go in a downed slash drowned state, let's say you're right by the water on land and you're about to go down, it's actually smart to get in the water because then you can move. And yep. it's actually easier to get up. Yep. So that's cool. It's, it's it a good It gives you actual draw to go underwater.
1: Uh, the only uh, thing that you might have to uh, be careful about is that when you're on the surface in the water, you have no skills. So Yes, yes, that is a problem. Ma- and make sure you get underwater as soon as possible in case you can get a quick heal off or something like that.
0: Yeah, so no swan dives. Do real dives, people. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, some of the other skills that um, interact with the Z-axis, um, I th- they were talking in the video showing skills that uh, sink your target. Mm-hmm. And Strap a chain onto somebody. I guess maybe that means they have skills that float a target too. And so you're manipulating the the um, other person's position in that three dimensional space, which doesn't seem to happen as much on on land. Like the whole controlling a person's movement.
0: I bet there's actually a lot of crowd control that does knockbacks and stuff. Well, obviously uh, we true. saw the elementalist with tornadoes. So you yeah, had yeah, some of that. Point. I remember watching the Total Biscuit video where he was a he was an Asura Guardian and he went yep. underwater for a brief time and actually shackled a big old yes, mob. Yes, that's right. That was sweet, and it had a ball and chain, so the thing went down. That's it doesn't yeah, take you all the way true. to the bottom, but it does. It changes the position of that thing, so it's like ah, oh, now I got to get back in a position for this.
1: Yeah, so if if say a fish is biting you in the face, you can sink it to get it out of you know out of reach for a little bit. Mhm. Yeah. So um, obviously, if you have underwater combat, you need stuff to kill. Uh, so there were, there were fish shown off in the video, but also. Uh, there are enemies which are amphibious. So one of the first um, mobs that John uh, Peters was fighting was a drake, and he started fighting it on land. No, wait, there was a drake on land, but he, he was fighting one underwater. And what happened was that he wanted to get away, so he hopped up on land, and the drake then actually followed him on land. And once that enemy is on land, it also changes its, um, its skills. So the drake underwater was doing like the spinning attack where it hit John with its tail. And then when it hopped on land, it went back to the normal fire breathing drake. Uh, So that's pretty cool. Um, Being able to you know, say you're better dealing with fire and you aggro a drake, you can change your, um, you can
0: put the fight in your favor and hop on land. And at the very end, he even drew some pirates down into the water. So uh, the, yeah. the the human enemies are like you. I guess you would consider them amphibious in a way. Yep. But they're just the opposite. They would start out on land and come. Actually, some of the amphibians start out on land. So know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But they're also the fish, and they're not going to follow you onto land, <laughs> which is cool. Uh, oh, the grouper fish, that big old one. That's yeah. Pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. Because I was I noticed the way that they were moving was like it would just be sitting there slowly moving its tail, propelling, and suddenly jerk forward. It's like this is like watching an aquarium literally. <laughs> pretty sweet. And there was a barracuda down there and I just yeah. wanted to see him try and give his rebreather to it. Like he's having nitrous. You remember that story I told you about the guy who was trying to rebreathe with the fish cause he was high on nitru- uh, nitrous. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man. So yes, amphibious enemies and we have dynamic events. I, this is when you put, I assume this is to say that there are dynamic events underwater, just all the same as above.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's cool. And, um, in that video, you saw a couple times where a event nearby thing happened, and he's underwater. So it's like, maybe it's up on land, maybe it's down below. Go explore and find out.
1: Yeah. Uh, and also in the video, while he was underwater, he uh, he went into a quaggan village. So um, I wondered whether there might be... Well, they've also said, for example, when they showed um, Lion's Art, the map had a whole heap of underwater areas. Mm-hmm. and so i wonder if there might even be uh, like underwater towns and and cities with merchants and stuff seeing as we can all just freely go underwater
0: um maybe there's there are places like that that you can find and explore it was really cool to see that too i i had no no idea what a quaggan really was other than Knox had a forum called for oh, okay. um but yeah now having seen them it, that kind of it drove it home that it's like, you know, when you go underwater, this is not an afterthought. Yeah. Anything that you have above land is what you're going to have down below because that's what we want out of this game. So, yeah, even then, you got your quaggin down there and they were they were even talking to each other. He yep. was telling you. Actually, he was talking to the person. I assume the person would have a hard time speaking back. But uh, he was saying. <laughs> what was he said? He was like, uh, the hooves are not good for the humans. or He was speaking real cryptically. <laughs> All right. What he was trying to say was, hey, if you go up there in Ascalon, there's kind of a fight going on between the humans and the centaurs.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, well, not Ascalon anymore, because the Char had that.
0: Why did John, he said Ascalon, didn't he? You're right, there shouldn't be. I don't know. I, don't, I don't know. I can't remember. I guess we'll have to review it, and that's an incentive for all of you to go watch it as well. Yeah. Because I'm sure that's the most enticing part of all of this. Um, and then there were underwater minions, because he was a necromancer in the video. So right. He's showing that there were underwater minions, all the same rangers will have underwater pets, things yep. of this nature. And silence because we're both scrolling down. <laughs> the sky will be blue. I heard it's going to be produced by ArenaNet. I heard you can use a keyboard with this game. I heard you'll need a monitor to play this I game. I heard this game will work on Windows 7. I heard that normal are really tall. That's
1: just speculation. There are obviously threads and forums around the place um, discussing underwater combat. And and one of them I had a read through on Guild Wars Guru. And it seemed like... Uh, predominant concern that people had was with the lack and variety of skills um, with only uh, w- where above water you have access to say up to some professions have five weapons that they have access to and two weapon sets underwater you're now restricted to maybe um two if not one weapon like you mm-hmm. might have access to the spear and harpoon gun but not the trident and so the lack in variety there was a concern for them. Do you have any thoughts on
0: on what they were well, thinking about that? Or? Uh, not too much. It does kind of lend a little bit to the argument that it might it might feel a little afterthoughtish in some ways to go underwater. But not by comparison to how bad it could have been. Yeah. And plus, adding new weapons in the game, I don't think will be as big and daunting of a task as, say, adding a new profession or race or something like that. Because you're just creating the new skills for it per profession. Yeah. So, so,
1: five new skills. So, 50 new skills. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, I think we'll be seeing. This is just my That's speculation, a good point. obviously. But I think we'll be seeing a lot of new weapons being introduced for underwater combat as well.
1: Yeah. And anyway, um,. It seems like your weapons they because they they have five skills set already, it seems the customization in terms of your bar comes more in how you synergize those with your utility skills and then the trade system. Uh, mm. they've talked often a lot about I mean the trade system still seems to always be changing from month to month. <laughs> and that um it's but it's always talked about how it's it's supposed to um, make you be able to customize the way certain skills act. So like way back when, when they first talked about the trait system, they were saying how one skill might do this, but then when you trade, you take certain trait points, it then also has another effect added onto it. So I think that's possibly where the the customization comes in. Mm-hmm. So that's
0: that's another complication too for new weapons is yeah. how it will fit with trait Tra- systems. Trade system.
1: Um, So then another point that I've brought up as well before when we've been speculating about underwater combat was the trouble with uh, melee characters and how because there's no auto-attack targeting type system, you have to always be within melee range of the person you're trying to hit. And if you aren't, then you miss. So you're always moving if that person's always moving or that foe is always moving. And so on land... It's probably not such a big deal, but then if you add another another axis underwater with the z-axis, that you know could become quite tricky to do. I
0: believe and... there was there was a part in the video though where John was showing that there was something you could do that would draw you close to what you're attacking. Yeah, it's kind of like how in Guild Wars you press spacebar and you'd run to it. Uh, did he use a skill for that maybe? I think I think he was more of a mechanic in the game. So it was like if you're on a me- is it yeah melee character, right? You could just do something like it's just something you kind of have to keep up as you fight. So if you feel like you're getting too far, but the thing is your target, you can just hit that and you'll go to it. Oh, okay. I, I think I saw that in there. I'm not entirely positive. Thank God we put this under speculators' corner. Yeah. I'm speculating that that's what he said. <laughs> okay. Or at the very least that for melee characters, that there's going to be something in there to account for that. So you're not like constantly whipping your camera around trying to stay next to the thing.
1: Yeah, so I guess like dash skills or cripples and that kind of stuff to lock your target down to make it easier for you.
0: Yeah, and I think those those things will also function all the same on land as well. So mm. you're kind of not whipping, like if, if you're doing PvP and the sky is running circles around, I, I am that guy who does that kind of <laughs> He's just jumping, and you know, it's like, Gars, would you just stay in front of me, please? <laughs> <laughs> so, I think there's something there where you just hit that, and your character will turn and run to him, or something like that. Hopefully, cool. Um, but I don't know, that's not for certain. But if you go watch the video yourselves, you I believe there's a part in there toward the end, like three quarters of the way, and he was fighting some skilk, if I remember right, when this happened. Okay. So, um, right, um, the the next two things I'm going to bring up, I kind of brought up under sequel Scuttlebutt, but I'm going to try and twist them into a speculative thing. Um, so I've gone scuba diving before, and I can tell you what it sounds like under there and all that. And that was the thing that struck me when he went under the water was that there was actually a sound, like a change in the way sound worked. You could hear kind of like a, a looping, um, you know that sound. You yeah. go underwater, there's a sound. Like the really you, deep sort of bubbly kind of
1: how yeah, to describe
0: now, sound. If they had done, you know how like if you strike metal against metal underwater, it sounds different. It's really sharp. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get that when I heard the combat and all that. I mean, you can't ask for too much, right? <laughs> but yeah. that would have been so cool if they did that as well. Like the way actual sounds occurred because of the density of water carrying sound. Right. Benefit. That would have been so slick. <laughs> but at least you have the ambiance there of the sound. mm. Which adds to that. Plus, um, the color of the water. So, when you're in World of Warcraft and you go into vizier and you're swimming underwater, the, the, the lighting's kind of the same. There's maybe a slight cyan background and that's it. In this game, the water is like a thick bluish hue and it actually comes down at a gradient. And the way light hits the water is different. It's just like... It's like if you jumped into the ocean. It, it, th- <laughs> I loved that. And when you jumped in the water, there were like bubbles on your screen for a second. When you get yeah. out, there's water on your screen for a second. All that stuff just like is... Slick. I love that. So there's that ambiance. I guess there's nothing to speculate on there other than maybe when you go underwater, you'll find yourself holding your breath accidentally because you're so immersed. (laughs) Like in reality. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, this one is actually a little bit more speculative, is I kind of speculate that their focus on all this underwater stuff People talk about how they they want to be able to fly in video games all the time or in MMOs. I want to be able to fly and engage in combat and all that. And they tried this with ION. I think what they did was basically said, why would we do that when being underwater can be functionally the same, more rational to boot, you know, more atmospheric to boot? And when you're above land, it doesn't compromise the grandiosity of some of these cities because you're not flying overhead and being like, look at that small little <laughs> oh, oh, that's a big city. Well, I was, away, you know, 30 feet up in the air. How would I know? <laughs> so instead, you can go underwater and kind of engage in this aerial combat feel, but you're underwater. So um that's what I speculate is this was kind of an answer to the desire for aerial combat that just simply has too many complications in actual yep. application in video games. Yeah. So there's that. Okay. Um. Wow, so we've pretty much hashed out everything we had for this episode. But we also have emails, and a few of them were a little bit thorough. Actually, one of them's a Facebook comment, even. I swear I put these in here. I see them. Okay. okay, so Carlo from Italy says, Welcome back. Actually, he's Italian, so he be like, Welcome back! smiley face, so take care. <laughs> right? Now, I'm sure Carlo sounds nothing like that. Did he send us audio once? I think he did. I I don't I can't remember. Well, this is an invitation for him to do it now. Yeah, and then and he exp- can show us how he really sounds. Yeah, and you need to do like some sort of a Ratatouille type. Wait, that was in France. Never mind. <laughs> then Adam AI said on Facebook, and I quote: "This is actually kind of long. It's really hard to bring up something that hasn't been discussed on the Guild Wars 2 Guru forums or on Relics." Smiley face. There's an elusive compliment in there somewhere. Okay, so my question: Being an ex WoW player that may have played the game at a somewhat fanatical level, PvE, I have, I have to wonder how Guild Wars 2 is going to, if at all, deal with the general lack of uh, f- physiological maturity we all generally have toward gaming. It's still refreshing to see a game that will warn you to the amount of time you've spent away from reality. So, you know, you've been playing for two hours, go, please go take a break. <laughs> Even request you to take a moment, a moment's pause, but this is a part of a bigger problem where we lose ourselves in something as simple as a game. Previously, Guild Wars 1 had a pretty good track record of keeping instances under an hour, having a foggy idea of how to play helps, and the areas generally didn't tie you down. I hope that ArenaNet uh, remembers us deficient ones. <laughs> ways on how they can do this in a persistent world may merit a bit of banter. Keep up the interesting work. I agree with this fully um, because I know enough people that played WoW. At, um, You know, I played WoW and I took out the Lich King during the Wrath days. So, I saw how people could, like, devote so much time that it's like, dude, I want to go do something else. And everyone's like, well, I've got a raid. Come on, man. You have something else to do with your life. So, I agree. I agree with him. I really want them to have – to, first of all, keep it so that it's very difficult to – okay. So, in World of Warcraft, for example – there was a reason to absorb yourself in it. You know, you had to play for two hours a day or you wouldn't keep up on this currency, which is going to buy you this gear. So you're going to be playing every day for at least two hours unless you want to basically suck. Um, I would like it. I don't mind if there's something that's going to take up two hours of your, of your uh, day in this game. but Don't make it so that I have to do it every day or every week or on a periodic schedule at all. Um, make it so that there's another alternative that you can go engage in for half an hour or so. And you can do that more often or something like that. But try and limit the pigeonholing the gamer into playing all the time. And with ArenaNet's record, I'm going to assume that they've kind of got that in mind. Uh, I bet you what they'll have is instead aesthetic draws. So you're going to go do this thing that takes two hours once every week so that you can have this piece of gear so the people know that that's what you did. But it's yeah. not really going to make you any better functionally. It's just you look at you and you say, ah, I see what you've been doing. Yeah, you know,
1: That's what they played up Um when they were talking about the dungeons and how each dungeon has a specific armor tied to it, and that every time you compl- when you complete the dungeon, you get one part of that armor, so you have to do it again to
0: get collect the other pieces. Mhm. So that's well, cool. I feel like we're like in a recording studio now because there's actually like recording sounds going on. <laughs> so, uh, and then Guild Wars Two PC wrote us. This is a new website. And he says, hello, we here at Guild Wars 2 PC would love to be featured by you guys over at Relics. We're a new site dedicated towards releasing guides, news, and updates regarding Guild Wars 2. All the work on our site is 100% unique. We would love it if you could feature us in any way. You can check us our site out here at guildwars2pc.com. Anything on the site may be featured by you guys. Thank you for the time you took to read this, and we hope to hear back from you. Once again, thank you. You won't regret checking us out. So uh, there's, there's kind of a typical layout you see of websites for Guild Wars 2. These guys actually, it, it's its kind of a dark website. Or it's, it's black backgrounded. I don't know. It feels kind of more like a, um, uh, I'm trying to think of an example like this. I think uh, guildwars2fans.com kind of had a similar feel to it. Yeah, the Zam website. Or the Zam website, that too. So yeah, it's, it's well done. It's a very well done website. So definitely go check this out. We have a lot of websites cropping up. So you can look forward to a future episode where we're going to try and go through maybe we'll do like periodic ones every 4 or 5 episodes we'll go through a smattering because there's so many we can't do it in one show. Mm-hmm. And we have a thread on Gilbert's Goo Guru where we're asking people to submit sites they would like us to talk about, so there's also that. So you can look forward to those. Um I'll try and think of a way to do that and keep it interesting. Uh you know what, write us if you think that's a bad idea. <laughs> we'll we'll do that. This is a little slightly democratic, I guess. I guess I guess that's it. Take us to Wheel of Morality. Oh, balls! I didn't even think of this. <laughs> okay, Wheel of Morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. I used to prepare Wheels of Morality,
1: but then I took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> so, okay, you, you picked up the slack for me this time. <laughs> yeah, and better late than never. I'm sure that meme is flogged dead, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll use it anyway.
0: <laughs> Open your eyes at a high of
1: speed.
0: Tears will come for Consider yourself plus one to pro because you've just finished another episode of the Relics of Orr podcast, a product of Cyan Studios. Swing by the website at relicsoforr.com to find our Facebook page, Twitter feed, Steam community, and our forum. Or send us your email or pre-recorded feedback at relicsoforr at gmail.com. Or call us at the U.S. phone number 708-202-9262. How do I get involved? You can join the forum, or apply for a future reservation in the Guild Wars 2 Relics of Org Guild. Also, you can visit our sponsors at DoghouseSystems.com to show your support. Just enter the coupon code RELICS after you buy a product, and you'll get $25 of credit towards Jinx Merchandise. Alternatively, you can head to the main page and find a link to our merchandise line on Zazzle.com or just use our PayPal donate button. Be sure to subscribe to our show with whatever podcatcher you use, and if it's iTunes, leave us a professional review that we deserve. We'll read it on the show. Watch as the air seems to tear. Have a Merry Christmas, you filthy animal.